it's Mo Egger. The college basketball season is heating up, and there's no better place to watch every game than Long Neck Sports Grill. There are 4K TVs all over the place at each Long Neck's location, and at Long Neck's, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And I say this often, if you haven't tried Long Neck's Wings, what are you waiting for? No matter who your team is, you'll be able to watch them at Long Neck's. Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Long Neck Sports Grill. This college basketball season, stay late, come often. You found Cincinnati's ESPN 1530. Let's go! This is the Tony and Mo Football Show, live from Twin Peaks in Westchester. Brought to you in part by DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Encore Technologies. Visit Encore.tech, Honda East, and Honda East Power Equipment Dealer. Nixco Plumbing. Don't go to the average Joe. Call Nixco. First State Bank. Built on Belief. Life Center. Changing lives through organ and tissue donation. And by RL Carriers. Partner with a family owned LTO provider at RLC.com. This is Cincinnati's ESPN 1530, the official home of the Bengals. All right, here we go. It's uh, 5 after 3 o'clock. Tony and Mo football show the special Tuesday edition after the Bengals lost last night in uh, Cleveland. We're at the Westchester location where, let me just say this, the hospitality is through the roof Yes, here at the uh, Twin Peaks in Westchester. Really want to thank them for rolling out the red carpet. Absolutely unbelievable. They could not be more hospitable, could not be more hospitable to you and I, our guy Mike Mills, Rodney Simpson producing the show today as well. We really, really thank them. Uh, very easy to get to, I-75, uh, the Union Center Boulevard exit. You'll be here in minutes. Uh, come on out, get a cold beer, get something to eat. I would recommend the meatballs. I got the meatballs before the show. They are... Tremendous, cold beer, great place to watch Maction tonight, great place to watch Game 3 of the World Series, and uh, as you think ahead to this weekend, loaded college football slate, including the top two teams in both major polls, I guess Ohio State is tied for number two in the uh, AP poll, and obviously full NFL action on Sunday, including the Bengals game, Twin Peaks here in Westchester. We are back in Florence in the month of December, so we're here uh, for the next few weeks back here on Monday. It is uh, good to be here, and holy hell do we have a and, lot to talk about. You know, Mo, if you get here now on some of the TVs, they're replaying the game from last night. Oh, great. So I'm, I'm right now oh, watching, boy. I'm watching one of Tyler Boyd's two first-quarter catches. He only mm. had one the rest of the game. Yeah. But you can watch the rest of these Wow. and the whole game if you come now. A um, couple of things here really quickly. We, we don't have a Zach Taylor press conference today in the aftermath of uh, last night's loss to the Browns. And so we, we there's a lot to get to. Um, this is always a bit of an interesting show. It's normally not the Tony and Mo football show, but we're on the air during the NFL trade deadline, which is at 4 o'clock today, so 52 minutes away. There's all sorts of stuff happening around the NFL. Uh, and uh, ideally, the Bengals will make some sort of move to bolster their secondary. I think we would both be remiss if we didn't uh, send our, our thoughts out to the family of Adam Zimmer. Yeah. Uh, working as a Bengals offensive analyst, uh, woke up this morning and saw the news uh, via his sister's Instagram that he had died unexpectedly. And my first thought was for Mike, who obviously was the defensive coordinator here, he lost his wife unexpectedly in 2009 and now a 38-year-old son. So yeah. obviously our condolences to, to the Zimmer family. And obviously uh, my, Adam was working as an, an offensive analyst for the Bengals. And so 
certainly keeping the folks down there at Paycor Stadium in mind this afternoon, and uh, and that's just awful, awful news. Um, far more trivial than that, but uh, nonetheless noteworthy, Chidobe Awuzie, multiple reports confirm an ACL tear. Devastating. Uh, no surprise, listening to uh, to the postgame show last night and just listening, Mike Thomas was being interviewed and, and was having a hard time talking about uh, Cheeto, and so his 2022 season is over, which brings into sharp focus even sharper the trade deadline of what the Bengals may do at corner. And, and it also go ahead. could leak into next year. Sure. If you look at the recovery yeah. now that you're at the halfway point of the season. So let's start there. And God knows there's a lot from last night's game to, to talk about and plain about, but moving forward, I I don't I, I don't know how, how you expect this team, in all honesty, to win a championship if you're starting corners on the outside are Eli Apple and Cam Taylor Britt. I don't know how that yeah, works. Especially when you look at the second half of the slate. Right. Right. You're yeah. you're talking about whatever Tom Brady's gonna be at that time, but Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson and the team you just played last night. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Ryan Tannehill's got the the Tennessee Titans winners of five in a row. Yeah, the the second half is is so tough, especially from a passing game standpoint. And Cheeto, it's not like you just lost a run of the mill guy. He might be the most important defensive. Player. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And you saw that last night with how Amari Cooper mm-hmm. dominated once Cheeto had to leave that game. It's an interesting day. I I enjoy this day. I enjoy our bye week show. Uh huh. But this day more so than others. Um, because I hate the term, it's just not what the Bengals do. Mm-hmm. That's all we hear, right? Well, you know, I, I put it on social media. The Bengals can make – it's just not what the Bengals do. Well, what, what is what the Bengals should do? Because a message will be sent at 4 o'clock. It's either going to be we're, we're comfortable with the guys we have or, you know what, we're going to try to win this thing this year. Mm-hmm. Because other teams are. The Dolphins have already gotten Bradley Chubb. They just got Jeff Wilson mm-hmm. from the 49ers. Uh, I don't know what the Jaguars are doing, but they just acquired Calvin Ridley. <laughs> make that make sense. But there are big names. Chase Claypool to the Bears. Mm-hmm. William Jackson to the Steelers. Uh, not that anyone cares about that. Well, and, and in the run-up to it, I mean, the Christian McCaffrey deal yes. pays immediate dividends yes, for the, the San Francisco the Quinn 49ers. Deal. The, the yeah, Quinn Robert deal Quinn. going to the Eagles. Like, Roquan Smith yes, to the Baltimore to, Ravens. To Baltimore. And by yeah. the way, Baltimore – Right, currently doesn't have another team over 500 right now on their schedule. Yeah, They've got the lead over the Bengals because of last night. Cleveland feels like they're back in it. The AFC North is a is an interesting dynamic now because the Bengals are 0-3 and they could have put the Browns away. And at the end of it all is this 4 o'clock deadline looming where outside of probably what the folks in Green Bay are waiting on, there's a lot of eager people here in Cincinnati because of what happened last night and the way that game unfolded that are saying, okay, well, Clearly, we need another wide receiver. Clearly, we need help in the secondary. What's going to happen now going forward? Uh, yeah, and at 4 o'clock, I agree. A message is going to be sent. We are good with what we got, which wasn't good enough last night. And look, I mean, e- even had Chidobe Awuze not gotten injured, we were going to talk about the trade deadline. Do they find help on the inside of that defensive line? Is there another piece at wide receiver to add some depth there? Uh, even in the secondary, do you add some pieces given how young you are back there at some of the other positions and you've already dealt with some attrition, but the, the most pressing need right now, for me at least, becomes corner depth. And I'm with you. The whole, well, that's not what they do. Well, they didn't use to sign free agents. Right. And they changed and they evolved. And guess who they got? 
Chidobe Awuzie, mm-hmm. among others. Yeah. A lot of moves that have really paid off. Mike Hilton was a great yeah. move for this team. Yeah. Von Bell. Von Bell. Trey Hendrickson. DJ Reader. All great moves that have set this defense up to be so good this year, but it's just not what they do. That, that the That's not what they do doesn't work. No. It, it does. If you are. If you're trying to be 500. If you're trying to stand pat, if you're trying to just sort of tread water for the rest of the season and not go in any clear direction, you're, you're not going to, in all likelihood, get a player of the caliber of Chidobe Awuzie. William Jackson III has been dealt by Washington to Pittsburgh. I am more than happy with him yeah, not coming with here. That. That's fine by me. He's dealt with a back issue, but I'm sure the Bengals are trying. I'm sure there, it's not like, you know what, turn down all offers, don't answer the phone, let's not be somewhat proactive. But if come 4 o'clock today we are looking at this defense and this secondary specifically is currently constructed, I don't think that's championship caliber tone, especially for an offense that can't outscore people. Let's just be honest. If you're talking about the AFC, who's the top of the AFC right now? Buffalo and, and Kansas City? Right. Are you going to go into those two games with Cam Taylor-Britt, Trey Flowers, Eli Apple, Dax Hill? Yeah. Who else? I mean, like, you want to call up Alan George? <laughs> what do you want to, like, you can't compete with the best teams in the AFC like that. So, again, it's very clear, in my opinion, if you're just happy with – you know, let's let's try to stay relevant this year. Then you do nothing. Well, if you want to try to go win a championship, you can't do it running those those guys in the secondary out against the elite teams. And it would be even one thing if you're like, you know what? They're just going to have to outscore people with that offense last night. Now we'll talk about Jamar Chase's absence and what the Bengals couldn't do on that side of the football. They're having issues stopping the run again. By the way, you mentioned that Tennessee game. You better pray DJ Reader is back. Uh, Last night was the first time they really missed D.J. Reader. 100%. 100%. But, again, if the idea is to win a championship, you will not find a player in all likelihood the caliber of Chidobe Awuzie. How are you going to do that when your outside guys are Eli Apple Mm -hmm. and a guy who last night played in his second NFL game? But if if you're going to say then you're going to have those guys, what do you have to do? You've got to get after the passer. Mm -hmm. And outside of what the Browns did on the ground last night, the most – the craziest stat to me when going over that game, Jacoby Brissett from snap to throw on average, 3.24 seconds. Mm-hmm. So not only do you have that in the secondary, you couldn't get after the passer last night, 3.24 seconds for Jacoby Brissett to get rid of the ball. I mean, that, that's, that, that, that's not a good mix if you don't have guys that can cover and you're not getting after the, the quarterback. You said to me before uh, we went on the air when we both first got here that that was an unmitigated failure in mm-hmm. all four phases, offense, defense, special teams, and coaching, which means we have four different phases to talk about. We will start with the offense minus Jamar Chase when we come back. We're here at uh, Twin Peaks in Westchester. It's the Tony and Mo Football Show special Tuesday edition after the uh, Bengals get smoked by the uh, – Cleveland Browns on Halloween night. We're here till 6. Come on out and join us at 16 after 3. This is ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. 3 o'clock, Tony and Mo football show at uh, Twin Peaks in Westchester. We are here till uh, 6 o'clock tonight and uh, here every week next Monday. Monday after that. Monday after that. Love this place. Food is great. Food's terrific. The the, the beer, I haven't had one yet. The beer will be cold. Mm. Um... The hospitality is just through the roof. 
And the service is fantastic. Our yes. server is, is delightful. Yes. Yes. All right. Um, Jamar Chase didn't play last night. And uh, as a result, I, I, I guess we, we throw out the idea of the Bengals being able to be at all functional on I offense. Say, we, why should we talk about offense? Because Chase didn't play, so right. that's the reason. So I think we would all agree the Bengals are better with Jamar Chase on the field. We would all agree the Bengals' offense is more productive, certainly more explosive more difficult to defend with Jamar Chase on the field. All sure. those things don't really need to be said, but I said them anyway. There is a massive, massive amount of room between all the way over here, which is you have Jamar, you have all your other weapons, and you're insanely explosive. That's all the way over here. And then all the way over here is you don't have Jamar, and so your offense is basically obsolete. There's a lot of space between there. Yeah. Unfortunately, the Bengals last night couldn't find that space. I put that squarely on the shoulders of Zach Taylor. Yes. I get it. You have a significant weapon taken away, maybe without the, the sort of planning you would like. They are not as difficult to defend. There's not as many things as they could do. Uh, Jamar Chase is an elite player, and the reason why this offense had taken off the previous two weeks was largely because of Jamar Chase. I understand that. But the absence of a player like him, when you still have Higgins and Boyd and Hurst and the corpse of Joe Mixon, when you have all those guys and your starting offensive line and your half-billion-dollar quarterback, I would expect at least some level of functionality. We didn't see that last night. Not to mention, I'm surprised Chris Evans isn't here today because I fear he just gets all the days off because mm. he can't be used. He makes a great catch on the first drive. Don't hear from him since. So it's hard because I mentioned when we came in all four phases – Hey, it's Mo Egger. If you're a college basketball fan, you're going to love Long Neck Sports Grill. There are three locations in northern Kentucky, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Each one of them has 4K TVs all over the place. And at Long Necks, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And the menu at Long Necks is awesome, but you've got to try their wings. No matter who your team is, you'll find them at Long Necks. This college basketball season, swing by Long Neck Sports Grill. Stay late. Come often. The, the coaching and the offense really blends for me mm-hmm. um, because it was a failure at every level. But, look, O-line was a failure. It's been a failure for a while. Jonah but Williams had a couple good weeks. Was Jonah a Williams massive failure. Pass blocking grade of thirty two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you Le- drafted him with the eleventh overall pick specifically so he could block guys like Miles Garrett. Yes, Lel Collins. Lel Collins, Frank Pollock's guy. Yeah, forty six pass block grade. Glass eater. So I'd rather chew on glass than have to watch Lyle Collins block. So I know Zach is, is really loyal, but how long of the leash does Frank Pollock get? Well, I don't think Frank Pollock is Zach's guy, quite frankly. Okay, so, but regardless, so how long before something happens? We see across the league when teams don't perform to the level, someone has to take a fall. Mm-hmm. The offensive line has been terrible. They gave up five sacks last night. The running game is non-existent. Ten rushes for 36 yards, and yet... They weren't down 21 nothing in the first half. They could have kept running the ball. They completely abandoned the running game. Joe Mixon can't pass block. Couldn't catch out of the backfield last night. Couldn't make a guy miss with five yards of separation after making a catch. He was dreadful. Joe Burrow, outside of the, the series where he shouldn't have been in anymore, wasn't great. Can you explain to me why he no. was in the game? No. Down, down four scores in the fourth quarter. 15 of his first 21 passes. Traveled 10 yards or less in the air. Uh-huh. 
it, it went right back to the first two weeks. Uh-huh. And then at the end of the game, we just decide, well, let's give T. Higgins a jump ball. How many offense I, – I, I've used it so much already this year. How many offensive coordinators would line up for what? How many offensive coordinators right now would say, a skill group of T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst, and Joe Mixon with Joe Burrow? Yes. We'll score 28, 30 points a game. The Bengals can't do anything. So, yes, it, it does go through that list of, of positions and players. But from a scheme standpoint, why does Tyler Boyd only get five targets? Why does T. Higgins get six targets? Where, where's everything else going? You're not running the ball. You have, the, you have your two best playmakers without Denzel Ward playing on the other side of the ball. A defense that Bailey Zappi lit up for, what, 38 points and 309 passing yards. Mm-hmm. The 30th-ranked defensive efficiency team in the NFL. Not the top defense, not Buffalo, not San Francisco. You were playing last night the 30th-ranked team in efficiency on the defensive side of the ball without their best cover corner. And you couldn't do anything offensively. That, as it does each and every week that I sit here and say the same thing, falls on Zach Taylor as a play caller because guess what? He wasn't good at UC. He hasn't been good with the Bengals. He has been saved time and time again by what? Joe and Jamar. Mm -hmm. That relationship, the back shoulder. Jamar is making catches over two receivers. He's catching a pass and breaking tackles and running for a touchdown. T. Higgins goes over top of a defender that played everything perfectly last night. Where are the easy completions? Right. Show me in this offense what is easy for this team. Last night, I watched Kevin Stefanski use James Hudson <laughs> in motion like a tight end yes. and just crush Akeem Davis Gaither. Yeah. And the next snap, I watched James Hudson out of that same position shoot to the flats hold Sam Hubbard like Hubbard thought he was actually going to get a pass and opened up a cutback for Nick Chubb. It is chess versus checkers when you look about offensive scheme and everything with the Bengals seems like it's coming harder than it does for other teams. T. Higgins missed the last three quarters against the Baltimore Ravens. What happened in that game? Right. It looked like last night. So what we have said is, Unless everybody's healthy and available, this offense can't function. Unless the playmakers are making plays individually. Exactly. So, to me, the real value in coaching comes when your personnel isn't at its best, when you don't have all your healthy players, when a guy uh, isn't available at a key position, right? That's, That's, to me, when you really find out who the great coaches are. When you take away Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, your offense can't function at all. I mean, I'm not talking about, well, you know, they, they weren't as explosive down the field because you don't have Jamar. I can live with that. You know, you talk about what you give other coordinators. If I said to any play caller in this league, I'm going to give you Joe Burrow, five experienced offensive linemen, Hayden Hurst, Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. Mm-hmm. Sorry you can't have Jamar Chase. Can, can you put together a game plan that is, uh, if, if executed, is capable of winning football games? Every single one in this league and many out of it would say, yes, Mm -hmm. sign me up for that. I love to have Jamar, but I don't. But you're giving me all these other guys? I can win with that. Why can't this staff? Why can't this coach? Why can't this coach slash coordinator? And and I guess what even adds on to that more is the opportunity that was lost last night. No doubt. Go beat the Browns, and it's a two-team race in the AFC North. Yeah, now they've got life. Let the Browns win. And now what's Cleveland saying? 
If we can survive three more weeks, if we can go two and one over the next three, we get Deshaun Watson back, two and one in the division, we're a contender. What's Baltimore thinking right now? Because yesterday, right before the Bengals kick off, Baltimore goes and gets Roquan Smith. And now Baltimore has probably one of the easiest schedules going forward with a full game lead on the Bengals, and the Bengals are 0-3. And last night they didn't play like a team that was trying not to go 0-3 in the AFC North. The Bengals played like a team that was just comfortable where they are, that didn't want to challenge, and that starts with the top. That starts with setting the tone. We said it yesterday when we talked about keys to this game. you got to start fast. You can't let Cleveland hang around. And the defense, I thought, held their own for the first half. Gave the ball to the Bengals on the midfield twice. Mm-hmm. Kept them in it. Bengals let's, did nothing let's, let's with it. Be, Amari Cooper shouldn't be throwing passes. No. They were given a gift. No, but, but, yes. but they were given a gift. They yes. make the good play where Akeem Davis Gaither no. gets the – But at the end, like, the offense had opportunities to score points in the first half. Yeah. And when you don't, all of a sudden 11 nothing feels like 21 nothing, and then the defense starts to kind of fall apart in the second half, and the Browns flex their muscle. They dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. It was as demoralizing as a loss as I can remember for a while. Yeah, I mean, Daner put it in his piece on the game today. It felt like more than just a loss, mm-hmm. right? It, it, the injury to Awuzie has a lot to do with that, but it, it felt like more than just a loss, and it is a third AFC North loss. I, I just, to me, Browns fans have their issue with Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski has won a playoff game with Baker Mayfield as his quarterback. Last night, he didn't have Wyatt Teller. Last night, he didn't have Denzel Ward. Last night, he didn't have David Njoku. And yet, with his team's season hanging in the balance, he and his staff figured out a way. For the Bengals, they basically took away Jamar Chase. Mm -hmm. And the offense imploded. That is inexcusable and a complete and total reflection on coaching. Yes. That's absurd. We have to get to a break. 29 minutes. 28 minutes. 28 minutes away from the NFL's trade deadline. Yeah. The Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. Yeah. By the way, real quick, the, the Dolphins, who we talked about, mm-hmm. who, who made that trade for the, the 49ers with Trey Lance, yeah. they've turned those three picks into Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, and Bradley Chubb. They've gone from rebuild mm-hmm. to, like, going all in. And they added Jeff Wilson today. Yeah, in, like, the shortest amount of time ever. Mm-hmm. And they're not ceding ground to the team in their division that looks like the best team in the league or one of the best two teams in the league along with uh, Philadelphia, obviously talking about Buffalo. Yeah, they, they look like a team right now. Proactivity yep. and aggressiveness are the rules in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Do the Bengals want to be the exception to the rule and sit out? Or do they want to join the rest of the teams that are actually trying to win this year? Or by standing pat, are they essentially waving the white flag? We'll get right. to all that when we come back. 28 minutes away from the trade deadline at 4 o'clock. We're here at uh, Twin Peaks in Westchester. Tony and Mo Football Show till 6 on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. The Cincinnati Bengals play here. ESPN 1530. Sports updates and service of Kelsey Chevrolet, home of lifetime powertrain protection and guaranteed credit approval from their family to yours for life. Kelsey Chev.com. NFL's trade deadline is uh, 22 minutes away. Uh, amid the news that uh, Bengals cornerback Chidobe Awuzie has an ACL tear, his uh, 2022 season is done. Uh, we'll see if the Bengals make a move between now and 4 o'clock. A lot of teams are. Cincinnati. 
uh, currently right now standing by and watching as the uh, Denver Broncos trade for Jets defensive end Jacob Martin. This after they traded Bradley Chubb to the uh, Miami Dolphins. Jacksonville has traded for Atlanta suspended wide receiver Calvin Ridley. And by the way, it's worth mentioning his suspension <laughs> is for at least this year. Yeah, it it doesn't necessarily His, get lifted at the end of the he season. He was suspended for betting the Falcons over the Jaguars, <laughs> and he's now a member of said Jaguars. Uh, Dolphins acquired Jeff Wilson, a running back from the San Francisco 49ers. We talked about Bradley Chubb going to Miami. Pittsburgh sends uh, Chase Claypool to the Bears. They also trade for former Bengals cornerback William Jackson. Uh, what else? Uh, the Lions have uh, traded tight end uh, T.J. Hawkinson, good player to the uh, Minnesota Vikings an NFC North deal, and uh, I think that's about it for the deals that have been confirmed with uh, 21 minutes it's pretty to quiet, isn't it? It feels really Usually quiet. you'd hear like some rumblings or maybe there's some talks going on. If Let me ask you this. If they make a trade, but it's not for a corner, how do you feel? If it's for... There are Cam Akers rumors out gosh. there. People for have wondered. What? I don't know. The people have wondered about... Well, Cam Akers makes significantly less than Joe Mixon, for yeah. what it's worth. They're not using Joe Mixon. If you're going to have a running back that you're not going to use, why don't you have Cam Akers if, and yeah, I was going to say, if you get Cam Akers, does that mean you're going to all of a sudden run the ball more? No. Just, like, so, I guess to me, and we asked Austin well, this... Well, the, the, you are going to run the ball more if you think that now the chase injury is going to go beyond the next right. couple of weeks. You know, we asked... Uh, Austin before our show started if you had to prioritize moves that you would make today I would start at corner I would move to the defensive line I would look for another wide receiver and I'd look for an O-line addition that would be the four running back wouldn't have been on my list no because I know he's not allowed to play a certain amount of snaps per game but I would love to see Chris Evans get legitimate opportunities in games who yet he's a receiver and a running back in the same sense. And he also he, returns kicks. He plays for the Bengals? He's a good athlete. Oh. He's, uh, he's great at yards after the catch, which Joe Burrow was bagging for last night. Hmm. I, uh, like, what at this point would be the reason Chris Evans isn't playing? Because if you said it's because of his protection, Joe Mixon plays, yeah. and he can't protect, and he's in year what? So what, what's the difference? Chris Evans gives me more of an option. He gives me more of a burst. He gives me the ability to make people miss more so than Joe Mixon's doing right now. Well, and the thing with Chris Evans is if you said, you know, I'd like to see him get some run out of the backfield, what you would get in response to that was, well, you know what? He really is sort of more of a receiver. Cool. Yeah. There's an opening right now. Oh. I mean, nothing nothing against those other wide receivers, the immortal Mike Thomas and guys like that, but they – this this confounds me, okay? Okay. I get it when you're fully operational, fully functional. Chris Evans is going to have a hard time seeing the field. But they did put him on the field last night. He makes a great catch down the right sideline. A great catch. And me being an idiot, I go, man, this is awesome. My guy Chris Evans is going to be a part of the game plan tonight. And maybe they unlock something here that you could then continue to use once Jamar comes back. And then... Hey, it's Mo Egger. If you're a college basketball fan, you're going to love Long Neck Sports Grill. There are three locations in Northern Kentucky, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Each one of them has 4K TVs all over the place. 
And at Long Necks, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And the menu at Long Necks is awesome, but you've got to try their wings. No matter who your team is, you'll find them at Long Necks. This college basketball season, swing by Long Necks Sports Grill. Stay late. Come often. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. He played one more snap the rest of the night. Let me ask you just this very simply, because I've seen the Cam Akers rumors. Would you rather on Sunday the Bengals line up Chris Evans 15 times or Cam Akers? Chris Evans. Yeah. I know what Cam Akers is. Right. Let me, let me, see, what Cam, let me see what Chris Evans can do. I just don't know how – you know, you mentioned something else that I think is important. The defensive line. Um, you need DJ Reader back. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he is back after the bye. They play Pittsburgh. They're going to need him against Najee Harris. They're really going to need him, and he was great last year in the postseason against uh, Derrick Henry. Um, but what if DJ Reader's not back? Coming into the season, we wondered about their depth on the inside of that defensive line, depth that has been tested. And, yeah, they did draft Zachary Carter. And, yes, Jay Tefele came in and played very well against uh, mm-hmm. the Atlanta Falcons. They don't have Josh Tupo right now. Like, Teams, teams are going to try to run the ball on the Bengals. They have struggled in that area now for four weeks. Are we just banking on Reader comes back in a couple of weeks and we're good here? Right. And we're not going to test the depth again? I mean, I just – that would be a position. Now, that doesn't solve the Chidobe Awuzie thing. But for this team, as flawed as they have proven to be through half of a season, if there aren't roster improvements – it's going to come off as you're waving a white flag. I guess the frustrating side to me for all of that is I was asked a question last night. What's the Bengals' best win on the season? Mm-hmm. And when you look at that into a, a larger landscape and, and not just, well, it's just one game and we're focused on the next game and we'll put this aside and, and start again, they're 4-4 four and four with the best skill set in the NFL. And I know they didn't have Jamar Chase for one of those games. But they have beat Joe Flacco and the Jets. They have beat Teddy Bridgewater and the Miami Dolphins. They beat Andy Dalton and the depleted Saints. And they beat a Falcons team that had players from the practice squad called up the day before in the secondary. So outside of that, they've lost to what? Cooper Rush, Mitch Trubisky. Well, that's the thing to me. Lamar it's, Jackson, it's, which I get, and then that game last night. So what are the Bengals? Like, are the Bengals internally saying, oh, maybe we're not that good, so maybe we should just look to 2023? Well, maybe. I mean. If that's the case, though, then put Joe Mixon out there on the market. Sure. Put Jesse Bates on the market. If, if you're going to say we're playing for the future, then legitimately play for the future. Correct. I don't think they're going to do that. But, no, look, you, you asked who they beat. To me, the more sobering thing is who they've lost to. They, they were battered around by the Pittsburgh Steelers, and, and you can yell and scream all you want. Well, Burrow had an appendectomy, and boy, if they, if they don't miss the PAT with Mitchell Wilcox long snapping, dude, they lost the game. 
They were six-and-a-half-point favorites against a Pittsburgh team that has won once since, that has been blown out by the two elite teams in this league, that was playing Mitch Trubisky, a quarterback. Now, Cooper Rush proved to be uh, a quality backup in this league. You know what he is? He's a backup. They've lost three games as favorites. Right. He's a backup quarterback. Last night they lost to another backup quarterback. And so there's that. There's also you can't – in the months of July and August, you – me and, and anybody else with a vested interest in this team talked about the need to get off to a fast start. Mm-hmm. Clearly, they haven't done that, right? They're 4-4. Four and four. They're at the 500 mark as we hit the midway point. So because they didn't get off to a fast start and now the injuries are starting to stack up, how do you not worry? They didn't do what we said was imperative. Tony, you and I talked about what their record had to be at the bye before the season started. There's one more game to go. If I would have said to you 5-4, and four, you would have said there's no chance. Yeah. This team, this team is, is sunk. Mm-hmm. They're not going to win the division at 5-4. and four. Well, okay, so let's say they win on Sunday. There they are at 5-4. and four. How about 5-4, oh, 0-3 in the north? Uh-huh. With, and, with, we don't know when Chase is going to come back. Right. And Owuzie is done for the year. Well, just, just simply do the math. The Ravens are a game ahead of you, and they're 5-3. and three. They have nine games left, all teams at or under 500. So let's say at worst the Ravens go 6-3. and three. That puts them at 11 wins. If you're the Bengals, that means 10 is probably going to be needed for a wild card. 11 could have you competing in the division based on how you do. Where are those wins coming from? Mm-hmm. In the second half of the season, as you sit here at 4-4, four and four, where do those five or six wins on this second half of the schedule come from? And I know... I know it's the Steelers, but did you watch any of the Steelers game against the Eagles? Mm-hmm. And there's T.J. Watt on the sideline. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, T.J. Watt's going to be back after the bye. Who do they play after the bye? Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get a tough shot from that defense in Pittsburgh. Tennessee is light years. Vrabel deserves a ton of credit again for what he's doing with that team yeah. and, and what they've continued to do. And then you go to that gauntlet. So what's your message if you spend the next – 12 minutes and do nothing. We're waving the white flag. That's Correct. The, that's because 4-4 four and four with the cakewalk schedule that they've had and losing his favorites three times is, is, is not a good look. So that might not be their intended message. That will be the message. There's a part of – I think there's a lot of people who would then say, well, can, can you blame them? Can, can you blame them for looking at what they've done and what they have and not really feeling like they can go for it? My counter to that would be – if you really believe in this quarterback, then you go and make the, the roster upgrades you can at the deadline and that you need to at the deadline and then really give this quarterback in the whole rookie contract thing, give him a chance with nine games to go. But, yeah, how it's going to be received is we are giving up on the season. And, I, again, I, I think we all realize you are probably not going to acquire a corner the caliber of Chidobe Awuzie. Mm-hmm. But you can't just throw up your hands and say, we're going to play Eli and Cam, and there's gonna, those are going to be our outside guys with the teams they have coming up. And, and we're Super Bowl contenders. And you also, I don't think that works. You also alluded to it last night. It magnifies the losses you had earlier in the season. No doubt. Because you spent all season, okay, did they finally get over that 0-2 start? Well, last night happens and you didn't. Mm-hmm. But if, if, if you take away everything you know about how this team has gotten to 4-4, four and four, and you say they lost three times as favorites, and all but one game they've had Jamar Chase and the complement of weapons, what would four and four, who would that fall on? 
the head coach. Mm-hmm. The head coach against the schedule they've played through eight games. Yep. If you don't know anything else, just the skill players they have that are healthy, you would say no that team is 4-4. Four four. How many times this season would you say the Bengals' offense performed well? One or two. Atlanta? Atlanta, second half of New Orleans. Second half against New Orleans. They played eight games. Mm-hmm. In one and a half, we've been impressed by what they've done offensively. Yeah. And the one full game, again, was against practice squad players. Ten minutes away from uh, 4 o'clock, we're here at uh, Twin Peaks in Westchester. Tony and Mo Football Show, Tuesday edition. Uh, back here next Monday. We're here till 6 tonight on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. Peaks in Westchester, brought to you in part by DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Encore Technologies. Visit Encore.tech, Honda East, and Honda East Power Equipment Dealer. Nixco Plumbing. Don't go to the average Joe. Call Nixco. First State Bank. Built on Belief. Life Center. Changing lives through organ and tissue donation. And by RL Carriers. Partner with a family owned LTO provider at RLC.com. This is Cincinnati's ESPN 1530, the official home of the Bengals. All right, here we go. It is uh, four minutes after four, ESPN 1530. It is a Tuesday edition of the Tony and Mo football show. The afternoon after the Bengals get absolutely smoked by the Browns in Cleveland on Halloween night, 32 to 13. A sobering evening with how the Bengals played. A sobering evening with the injury news that uh, Chidobe Awuzie is uh, not going to play the rest of the season with a torn ACL. And with the trade deadline having come and gone over the last five minutes, perhaps, depending on your perspective, an even more sobering piece of news that the Bengals, on a day in which the NFL has uh, seen a number of good players change teams, the team here did nothing. Frustrating. So is the message, we think our team is good enough, Or is the message, we don't think this team was worth improving on because we don't think it can win a championship regardless? What's the message? I I think the message is they don't know what the team is. I agree. They they weren't willing to go in and go all in on a team they don't know enough about. I agree. I think that's what it is. I I think, you know, internally you got to think that they feel optimism that they didn't put Jamar Chase on IR. You – have seen that DJ Reader's been out on the rehab field. You expect to get him back after the bye. You you have a glaring hole now, and it's because of what happened last night at corner. And you're going to move forward and say that what you have in the locker room is enough. I guess it, it'd be great to be proven wrong, but I just don't see how this benefits the Cincinnati Bengals this season. And the most frustrating part to that would be this is still part of that small window that they're supposed to have to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And now it seems like they're just punting and, and kind of deferring right now to say, well, we hope that what we have is good enough. I, I guess for me, we've, we've talked all season about how in the AFC there's KC and Buffalo. Who else is going to join them? And, and admittedly, I think we would both admit this, um, I, I felt like there are times that the Bengals looked like the most likely team. Burrow healthy, Burrow starting to play better, surviving those first couple of weeks by then coming back and getting a couple of wins, sitting there at four and three after the Atlanta game, the slight improvement in the running game we saw against Baltimore. But right now, Buffalo looks like an absolute juggernaut. 
Kansas City has the second best odds to win the AFC. Are the Cincinnati Bengals any closer today to the Bills and Chiefs that they were a week ago? No, they're further away today. Exactly. Because, well, not only what they did, right at the deadline, the Bills had Naheem Hines, Mm -hmm. another running back, which they've been looking for. So did the Jets, when they lost Brees Hall, try to get better? They went and got James Robinson. Right. Like that, that's an attempt to get better. Did the Miami Dolphins get better today? Without question. 100%. Did the Bills get better today? 100%. Did the Ravens get better this week? No question. Roquan Smith? Absolutely. So look up and down the landscape of the AFC. Bengals are the ones that stood by while other teams got better. I, I, I just wonder, and I guess I so know you, the no, answer. So, 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 but to answer your question, then, then they can't be the third best team in the AFC. Not even close. Right. Not, not even close. They're further away from Buffalo and Kansas City today than they were when they took the field yesterday. Now, part of that is outside of their control with the Chidobe Awuzie thing, but it's not like that's the only area in which they could use help. Like, even the wide receiver thing, you, you could pat me on the head and go, well, look, Chase is going to come back. He's going to be fine. They didn't put him on IR. That tells you they're targeting the, the Tennessee game. They have two games between now and then, which have taken on added importance because you are 500 plus A, are we sure Jamar is going to come back? B, wasn't wide receiver depth talked about all offseason? Right. And there were some out there. Right? And, it, and, and after how you played last night, isn't that an indictment right. against your wide receiver depth? So even if you couldn't go get a corner, no wide receiver help? And you made the point yesterday, even if Jamar Chase is back in two weeks, don't you still need – we've already seen T. Higgins go down a couple times. Sure. Yes. I, I looked at a guy um, – like a, a, a Will Fuller or a Deshaun Jackson as guys that could like at least make a little impact. Elijah Moore once out of New York. What would it have costed for him? DJ Moore in Carolina. Right. There, uh, there's just Brandon Cooks was talked about. There, there were options up there. Now, I know you got to make the money work. The Bengals, frankly, don't have a ton of money to spend. But there's way. But but first of all, to that, there's right. ways now because right. teams. Travis Kelsey just re- re- restructured his deal a couple weeks ago. Every, everyone's doing it. Right. Yes. Everyone is making moves. The Kansas City Chiefs made a move last week. They bring in another wide receiver. Mm-hmm. All of these teams in the AFC move chips to say, let's go in. And the Bengals, instead of anteing up, they just kind of said, we'll fold. Yeah. We're going to fold and we're going to see what, what transpires. When you know they need help at receiver and they sure as heck need help at corner with the slate that they're going to have in the second half of the it, year. It, it's, it's as if the strategy is – to just try to find their way in with what they have, hopefully get healthy, and then we'll take our chances in the postseason with Joe Burrow. Yeah, and, then we'll, have the, and then we'll have the conversation of, oh, you're going to go against the, uh, the Dolphins, and now you've got to worry about Bradley Chubb. Well, yeah, a better Dolphins team than the one you beat here. My response to that would be, are you sure you're making the postseason? Mm-hmm. Like, it, there's a part of me that just feels like they think, as they thought all offseason, we're just going to be able to flip a switch. Because, and I've to a large degree, I've defended the Bengals for how they handled the preseason. And, and I think that's just how modern NFL teams are going to do it. And a couple of weeks ago, they were sitting there at full health. And okay, well, that's partially a reflection of prioritizing health during the preseason. At the same time, how many times did people say, you know what? It feels like the Bengals think they can just flip a switch. Mm-hmm. It feels like they're still operating in that mode today. You know what? We're four and four, but we're good. We got this. November's here. Come after the bye, second half of the season, we're just going to flip a switch. 
that strikes me as a very, very shaky and perilous approach. I'm going to say today Baltimore gets to 11. Feels like Let's it. say they get to 11. Schedule is exceptionally soft moving they forward. They do not play currently scheduled a team over 500 the rest of the way. Right. Let's say they get 6-3 and three down the stretch. That puts them at 11 wins. That means the Bengals, who are already 0-3 in the division, would be vying for the wild card, which 10, maybe 9 in the AFC. I wouldn't count on 9. 9's 9 and 8, man. Right. I, I'm, so I'm, good I'm, to the, not, so, I'm not counting on 9 getting them in. Maybe so, it does. So if you're looking for how five more wins or six more wins happen at Tennessee, at Pittsburgh, you've still got Cleveland and Baltimore. That's Cleveland with Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. That's Baltimore now with Raquan Smith. That's Buffalo, that's Kansas City, that's Tampa, who I still assume at later at that point of the season will be playing better because they're still playing for something. And the New England Patriots, who one week look great, the next like they're up and down, but you go to New England on Christmas Eve, show me, and that's a New England team that dominated Cleveland, by the way. If you can't show me where six more are. If you can't outcoach Kevin Stefanski and Mike McCarthy, mm-hmm. we're counting on Zach to outcoach Bill Belichick. With who? With Cam Taylor Britt okay. and Eli Apple at, at the current time. So yeah. where where are those six wins if you're saying ten is the number? Because I don't know that they can get to eleven at this point. Yeah, and now you are looking at because of the Awuzie injury, we gave this front office and gave this team a lot of credit during the offseason about how they had built a team that you couldn't find the hole, right? You couldn't find the deficiency. There were some areas where maybe you liked the depth a little bit more than others, and some areas where maybe you wish they would have added a body. But at the beginning of the season, you looked at the roster and said, I don't see many holes. Well, on defense, now there's a hole. I mean, the, the, the reality is, Chidobe Awuzie, There's again, there was nobody who was going to be able to do what he did, but his absence is glaring. Now, it means what? It means the offense would have to score more points, and they've shown no ability to do that. So there's the thing, right? There's the thing for me, because when we talked about how good this offense can be, it was, you know what, maybe defensively, they're not going to be as good as we think, but if they suffer some attrition there, if injuries take a toll, you know what? They'll still be able to outscore people. This offense is going to outscore people. By the way, that offense uh, for the Browns' defense this year, Carolina 24, Jets 31, Atlanta 23, Chargers 30, Patriots 38, Baltimore 23, Cincinnati 13. Mm-hmm. And those 13 came when? Garbage. Garbage time, yeah. Against that Cleveland defense that has given up those points to those teams – but, but now internally you're saying, eh, don't make a move on defense because we'll get it figured out on offense. When? Mm-hmm. You know what? We asked the same question about the Bearcats last week. The Bearcats come out of a bye. They have 128 penalty yards against SMU. Oh, they got to clean up the penalty yards. When? When, yeah. You've no, already, you, you're already eight games in if you're the Bengals. This, you said it last week about that team, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. At some point, this is what you are. Correct. And why can't we apply that to the Bengals? They are, at best, an uneven offensive team. Uneven, at best. Correct. And the, the point that I'll, I'll beat home all week long, yes, Jamar Chase's absence hurts. No, you should not be completely and totally inept the way they were just because Jamar Chase is not available. People get so caught up in the Super Bowl run, and rightfully so. But that run was carried by what? Evan McPherson was great. And defense. The defense was great. Mm -hmm. And individually, you know, the Jamar Chase individual plays, T. Higgins going up and make contested catches. They didn't win in the playoffs 
because they just out-scheme their opponent to death. They won because they've got some of the greatest individual athletes in the game at their positions. Yeah, they scored five touchdowns in three games. They got there because the defense was elite. Yes. They were great against Derrick Henry, and they were terrific in the second half against Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. Okay, the way they've not been able to stop the run, they're going to play Derrick Henry in a couple of weeks. Are you convinced teams aren't going to be able to run the ball against him? I'm not. And now without Chidobe Awuzie, look, I think Lou Anarumo is a really good defensive coordinator. But that's a major, major piece that you're without. You can't be as versatile. You, you can't can put be... him on an island. Sure. You hey, can get creative. Yeah, Cheeto's going to go take care of this dude, and then I can do a whole bunch of other stuff. And now the whole bunch of other stuff he wants to do is yeah. going to have now to you involve. you got to send help. Got to send help, and it's going to involve guys who haven't played all that much. So now if you're Lou Anarumo, you say, okay, in game planning, do I have to send help to Cam Taylor Britt or Eli Apple? Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I right. don't mean to laugh, but that's right. That's not good if you're Lou Anarumo. Right. We have to send help to both. Then where are you short? You're short in the run game. Yeah. So you lose that shutdown corner. You lose a lot. By the way, I watched it because I enjoy how they talk about the game. The Manning cast last night, mm-hmm. Travis and Jason were awesome. The Kelsey's yeah. were on there. Um, Peyton at one point in the first half. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this. He said <laughs> – he said, who is that that they keep showing? That's not Zach Taylor. Yeah. And he said it like three or four times, and Eli's finally like, that's Lou Anderson. Peyton's like, oh, that's Lou. <laughs> well, he's not the head coach. And I'm just like, this poor guy, like, Peyton's like, why do they keep showing him? Why do they keep showing him? But right. listening to them, and, and I was so ready for the Bengals to play well last night because if you listen to the pregame last night, mm-hmm. you thought Cleveland and Cincinnati were the same team. Mm-hmm. Just – embarrassing last couple years. The franchises have not competed. And the Bengals just came off a Super Bowl. But the way they talked, they talked about both teams in the same light. So I'm like, man, the Bengals are going to prove them wrong. And then it was more kind of old school, you know, almost making fun of how the Bengals were playing through a lot of that game to a point. I know we're we're talking Lou Anarumo. There was a third and two in that first half. And – the, the the Browns go cover two man, which is essentially man, and then both safeties are in a zone. Mm-hmm. So you can be more aggressive in man coverage because you got help over the top. And Eli, or Peyton says, it's two man, it's two man, and Eli says, oh, they're bagging you to run. Two man is you've got to be able to run the ball against two man. Right. Third and two, they try to throw a back shoulder throw. And right then it's like, okay, they don't trust that Joe Mixon can go get two yards against the easiest defense to run against. That's kind of damning. But, but can you blame them for that? No, but yeah. that's the thing. So it, when, when you see all that and then it's like, well, let's just double down on that today, that's the frustrating part because now Zach's in a tough spot with no Jamar Chase, Lou's in a tough spot with no Wouzier because he loses the ability to say, okay, I know Cheeto's good. I can help Eli out. Mm-hmm. Now who are you helping? Right. Against, again, not this week. And we say that, but P.J. Walker played really well against the Falcons. Sure. Not this week, probably not Pittsburgh, but going forward, how, how do you bring numbers to the box if you don't have a guy that can help on the back end? Right. And, you know, you brought up the Super Bowl run last year, which people are going to default to. Super Bowl run last year did not include elite offense. Right. I mean, it, it, in, it included times where they overcame bad offense. Offensive line was the main culprit last season. But if the idea for this team this year, now moving forward, is going to be, well, offensively, we're going to have to be better to overcome what we don't have on defense. Yeah. 
I haven't seen anything consistently enough to suggest that that's a likelihood. Yeah, it's, uh, it's tough. But on a positive note, the Bengals' defense just held again with three minutes left in the half. They're only down 8 nothing. Watching you, the game on replay. Yeah, if you come to Twin Peaks, beer's great, beer's cold, food's awesome, service is great, and you can watch a rerun of last night's game where Joe Mixon just missed a pass, pick, uh, pass block and falling on the fumble. It is uh, 19 minutes after 4 o'clock. Tony and Mo football show. We're here at uh, Twin Peaks in Westchester until uh, 6. Come on out and join us on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. 24 after 4 o'clock ESPN 1530. Tony Pike, Mo Egger, Twin Peaks in Westchester. Tony and Mo football show. Um, let's, uh, let's spend a, mi- a few minutes here. The trade deadline has come and gone. Bengals, uh, haven't done anything. Didn't do anything. It's worth mentioning Brandon Cooks did not trade, did not, uh, change teams. Kareem Hunt is still with the, uh, Cleveland Browns. Cam Akers is still with the LA Rams. Jerry Judy is still with the, uh, Denver Broncos. Poor Aaron Rodgers. Handful of players that had been, uh, talked about in, uh, various trade rumors. Um. I think the Kareem Hunt thing speaks more that they think they can still make a run at things. Yes. Although the way that was sort of portrayed on the Monday Night Football broadcast right. last night it was it different. felt like that was that was going to be it. But he remains in Cleveland. Do you want to give me an assessment on some of the deals that have been made? And and I I'm 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 not going to get into the valuation of the picks involved here because that'll take too much time. Start with uh the Dolphins. I thought the Dolphins and Bradley Chubb. Not only Bradley Chubb, but they, they moved on from the picks they received when the Niners moved up for Trey Lance, and they've essentially turned that into Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, and now Bradley Chubb. They also added uh, Jeffrey Wilson, so they added to their running game. They gave Tua another weapon, and they bolstered their defense. Who, If you remember when they played the Bengals, all they, they talked about was they just go cover zero and blitz. Right. They do that because they couldn't generate enough pass rush, which is four. Guess who helps that? Bradley Chubb, uh, a huge move for the Dolphins. I, I think it makes them a, a legit contender because they can score points with anybody if two is healthy. Uh, and, again, a, a team that, that saw an opportunity and said, let's go get it. Uh, Baltimore acquiring Roquan Smith. Scary. Scary for the AFC North. The, the money part of that is going to be interesting because he and the Bears had a hard time agreeing right. to a deal. They're dealing with that right now with Lamar Jackson. But that part aside, in the middle of that defense, they needed somebody. They got For the somebody. rest of this year? Yeah. Again, a team that's saw an opening. And if you're the Ravens, what are you thinking? Look at our schedule. Hey, it's Mo Egger. The college basketball season is heating up, and there's no better place to watch every game than Long Neck Sports Grill. There are 4K TVs all over the place at each Long Neck's location, and at Long Neck's, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And I say this often, if you haven't tried Long Neck's Wings, what are you waiting for? No matter who your team is, you'll be able to watch them at Long Neck's. Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Long Neck Sports Grill. This college basketball season, stay late, come often. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. We, we could make a legit run at this. We could get a, you know, a, a, an AFC North championship 
and they gave up a second and a fifth. I'm just not as big in draft capital as some people seem to be. I, well, if and, it's a proven guy. And the league is, is agreeing with you more and more. Correct. Draft picks are given up at will now. Yeah. What do you want? Okay, take it. Here's the thing about the, the, the draft picks. If you have, and the Bengals are going to be in here in this situation very, very soon with Joe Burrow getting his second contract. I understand the value of draft picks because it's cheap labor. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a rough salary cap situation, if your quarterback is making an inordinate amount of money compared to uh, the spreadsheet uh, reflecting your payroll, yeah. you, you really want cheap, cheap labor. The Bengals are going to value cheap labor. I do understand that. I, I just I, – I value winning in the short term more. Puts a lot of like, pressure on what? I love what the L.A. Rams did. Yeah. I love teams that go for it. I love teams – that say, you know what, we've got a chance. Our fans want us to go for it. Our players in our locker room want to go for it. Like, there's a part of me that wonders, and we'll get back to some of the deals done today. Like, if you're a player on the Cincinnati Bengals today. Right, what message was sent? How do you feel about what your front office didn't do for you this afternoon? If you're Joe Burrow, what are you doing today? Because you just got beat up five times in sacks last night. Mm -hmm. You had guys dropping passes. You had guys that couldn't get open. Your running back couldn't pick up pass protection. Couldn't make anyone miss in the open field. What are you thinking if you're Joe Burrow? Because that's how we've operated for since he came here, right? Sure. Everything you do going forward Goes that is going to have an impact on Joe Burrow. Right. What's the impact on Joe Burrow today? What's he sitting back? Because he'll say all the right things. Sure. As any good quarterback would. What are you thinking when he's sitting at his house tonight? Uh, the Bills and Colts tr- swap running backs with Naheem Hines going to Buffalo. Yeah. I think it's another good move. Naheem Hines can do stuff out of the backfield in the passing game. Super athletic. I think it says a lot about the Bills, who are clearly the, the class of the AFC right now because they have the head-to-head win over Kansas City, of them not sitting and saying, we're good with where we're at, we want to get better. Uh, the Jets trade Chase Claypool to the Bears. They get a two for Steelers. him. I'm, I'm sorry, to the, uh, the, the Steelers trade Chase Claypool to the Bears for a two. They also acquire our friend William Jackson III from Washington. If you're the Steelers, you know you're not going anywhere this year. So try to get as high. I, I, I was surprised they got a two for Claypool. I thought that was a good move by the Steelers to get that in return, a team that's obviously trying to, to acquire draft picks and rebuild what they have. You mentioned the, the draft pick stuff, and, and to, to hit on it because it wasn't huge, hugely publicized. The James Robinson pickup I thought was really good for the, the, the Jets. Mm-hmm. Now they need Zach Wilson to play better, but they went and filled that Brees Hall hole with James Robinson. But yeah. If you're the Bengals and, and you're so concerned with your draft picks, what's that put the onus on? Drafting well. Mm-hmm. So more pressure on Duke Tobin going forward. But like when you're, when you're in the Bengals zone, don't you want to be trying to win a Super Bowl? Yes. Not developing players? Yes. Or hoping that draft picks work out? Proven commodities in the NFL. Uh, it just makes more sense to me. Uh, it's worth mentioning a corner did get traded by the Chiefs uh, to the Falcons. Rashad Fenton, Atlanta's secondary, has been an absolute mess. Uh, one other one to get your thoughts on, TJ Hawkinson traded by Detroit to Minnesota. Minnesota's all in, mm-hmm. right? They, they see the Packers are completely depleted. Irv Smith goes down on the, uh, the IR. You want to talk about a scary team? If Kirk Cousins plays the way he does, they're just solid everywhere, right? Defense is solid. Dalvin Cook's really good. Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson are both playmakers in the passing game. And now add to that T.J. Hawkinson. That's a well-balanced offense that 
you know, sitting right now at six and one can do some damage. We've we've done ninety minutes. We haven't talked about what happened on Saturday night in Orlando. Oh. We will. There's a few other Bengals issues and individuals that we have to address. And we'll do that when we come back. It's uh, 4.30, midway through, Tony and Mo football show, Twin Peaks in Westchester on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. All right, sports update is a service of Kelsey Chevrolet, home of lifetime powertrain protection and a guaranteed credit approval from family to yours for life, KelseyChev.com. NFL trade deadline came and went at uh, 4 o'clock today. Uh, no news from the Bengals. Um there's a long list of deals that have gotten done. We just went through all of them. Tony, do I have to do it again, do you think? Chidobe Awuzie is uh, done for the year, unfortunately, with a, the an Bengals ACL tear. Bengals didn't make a move. Bengals didn't make a move. Other teams did. Go yes. find out what they are. There it is. Um, incredibly sad news uh, involving the Zimmer family. Adam Zimmer, who uh, Mike Zimmer's son, was working as an, an offensive analyst for the Bengals. He apparently was working remotely. His uh, his younger sister announced this morning that he died unexpectedly at the age of 38. Uh, college football playoff rankings, first edition, come out tonight. Luke Fickle radio show tonight at 8 p.m. That on 700 WLW. Game three of the World Series uh, tonight in Philadelphia. Huh? Game three of the World Series. World is Series is tonight? Tonight in Philadelphia. Huh. It's November the 1st, and we still have at least three more Major League Baseball games to go. Yeah. Game three of the World first Series. First I've heard of this. November the 1st. I believe Game 7, if necessary, will be played on Tuesday, December the 6th. Mm. <laughs> and the uh, Cyclones lost a game this morning to uh, the Comets. This morning? They played a game this morning. Field trip day. They're like 9,000 kids down Man. there. Had it not been a Tuesday, when I got to go down to UC, I was going to go. Watch some morning pucks. 4-3 the final score in a shootout. They lost to the Comets. I'll buy you a beer if you could tell me what town the Comets play in. Houston. No. Charlotte. No. Charlotte Knights. <laughs> I went to some Knights games down yeah, there. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I don't know. Where Fort Wayne. Oh, that's my next guess. Kevin Huber had a bad night last night. Yep. Special teams had a bad night. No doubt. Talked all four phases. First field goal. Mm-hmm. They line up with 12 on the field. Cleveland goes for two. Now you're chasing already. Kevin made the team. It felt like a mild surprise out of camp. He's not had a good year. 30th in the NFL. Is it time? Yes. Um, I, I mean, I, I like Kevin. Who doesn't? Is that, uh, he's had an awesome career. Everybody does. Awesome career, Mo, yes. He had a 51-yard punt last night, and he averaged 38. Yeah. Like, that's, that's not good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for a team that's struggling offensively, you got to have some times where you're going to flip the field, and he's not capable of doing that right now. Do you worry about Money Mac? He missed two. I worry more about the snap-to-hold to kick operation Mm -hmm. than just Money Mac. One of the snaps was high. I just think there's a hesitation there that it's uncomfortable. And, look, it's one of those positions in sports, it's so mental, where if you start seeing a couple that don't go your way, you start overthinking things a little bit, and you're unsure of what's going to happen with the next snap. It's a very tough mental position, and he's always had that kind of edge about him, and he's just lacking that right now. Sure, assessment of Jonah Williams. Not so much last night. That oh, assessment's gosh. easy. Jonah Williams is oh. in his fourth season. Obviously, the first didn't happen because he didn't play. Second, interrupted because of injury. Last year, had a quality season. I think we were expecting a major leap this year. 
Have we seen it? No. I don't think we have. So you're going to pick up the fifth-year option, I'm sure. But for a guy who's kind of viewed as a foundational piece or ideally a foundational piece, uh, I saw anything but last night. It's your left tackle. Yeah. Right? That's, that, yeah. That is, that's supposed to be who protects Joe Burrow's blind side for the next 10 years. And he's shown zero consistency. He graded out again at a 32 last night. And Lyle Collins wasn't much better. But at least Lyle Collins is, is in front of Joe Burrow. He can see what's coming. You keep tempting fate by having these, these rushers with you get a free run at Joe Burrow because Jonah Williams is missing. It's not going to be good. And you and I, we already, we already discussed the fact that Joe Burrow was in there late was a joke anyway last night. Coaching malpractice. But the, the fact that you watched that offensive line last night and Jonah and you still put him in there with Cleveland knowing that they could just pin their ears back and rush mm-hmm. is malpractice. Mm-hmm. It's unacceptable at that point. If, if something would have happened to Joe Burrow last night, what are the ramifications today for Zach Taylor? Had What type of offense is that? If, if Joe Burrow would have gotten injured in the fourth quarter with his team down by four scores, if he would have suffered a significant injury you fire the head coach. Correct. That's coaching. That's how crazy it is. It's irresponsible. No I, way should he have been in there. I, I, you, you can handle decision-making, you, you not going their way. You, you could handle personnel decisions or usage or play calling, all that stuff. Everybody gets some of that stuff right. Everybody gets some of that stuff wrong. The best coaches get it right more than wrong. What you can't handle is irresponsibility. Yep. What Zach Taylor did in the fourth quarter last night with the franchise with the Miles, franchise. With Miles Garrett licking his chops behind that offensive line in a game they were down by four scores is blatantly irresponsible. Irresponsibility is not forgivable. Say what you want about him throwing the touchdown. He, he threw the touchdown off one foot because he was getting hit. Who cares? The touchdown was garbage time. It doesn't. There is no, there's no scenario. I had someone, someone tweeted at me today, that's not what the NFL is. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Do you watch it all? I, I watched Jason Kelsey was in a Batman mask in the fourth quarter. I watch teams all the time pull their starters, not all of them, but the important ones, and you're talking about your franchise, and it wasn't like the O-line was solid that you can say, oh, he'll be okay, he'll be protected. Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday up 22 in the fourth, winning the game, pulled their guys. Now they have a short week, so they play on Thursday, pulled their guys. That's not what the NFL is. The, the winning teams in the NFL are the smart teams. Yeah. The smart team doesn't have Joe Burrow back there. And Joe, if, if asked about it, would say all the right He's things. He's going to want to play, of and course, he should. That is, smart people protect their most prized assets and investments. Yes. What Zach Taylor did last night was stupid. Yep. He got away with it. Doesn't mean it wasn't irresponsible. Game's over. Cut your losses. I, I, I put it on. I, I couldn't believe it. It is. It's, it, I, I could I not tweeted believe it, it out. last night. I know. You were tweeting it out. It is malpractice. You can well. You're never. Yeah, the you, game was over. Game's over. The game was over. The game. Yes, it was. You can spare me all the grade school. You don't give up. That is an investment that you didn't protect last night. It got to a point. I rooted for Cleveland on the last drive to get first downs. I, I exactly. I put because that on I was Twitter. worried that if they get stopped on that third down, Here Burrow's back in, mm-hmm. and then the risk runs higher. It was the best thing that happened. Yep. They they get the first down. They don't score and then kick it away, and then the Bengals are out there for a minute with Joe doing God knows what. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm going to take the smart decision over yep. the, the, the junior high school. Well, come on, we never gave up. I mean, this is, this is professional football. I agree. If, if he would have suffered a serious injury, you fire Zach Taylor. Yep. 
Hey, it's Mo Egger. The college basketball season is heating up, and there's no better place to watch every game than Long Neck Sports Grill. There are 4K TVs all over the place at each Long Neck's location, and at Long Neck's, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And I say this often, if you haven't tried Long Neck's Wings, what are you waiting for? No matter who your team is, you'll be able to watch them at Long Neck's. Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Long Neck Sports Grill. This college basketball season, stay late, come often. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. 100%. Yep. I, th- there is no moment in the game last night, maybe no moment in the season where I've held my breath more mm-hmm. than Zach against Miles Garrett yep. with Jonah Williams incapable of blocking him in a game that was a four-score game in the fourth quarter when they had no chance of winning. And, and Peyton and Eli said the same thing. So the, the Browns are just pinning their ears back. And Zach Taylor said it in his postgame. He said, bad recipe against the Browns. They get a big lead. They can run the ball, set up play action, and their, their defensive line gets to pin their ears back. I can't. Joe the- Burrow talked all about their defensive line and how elite they are when they can get after the passer, and yet you had him back in there. Well, and here's the thing. It, it flies in the face of how they handled the preseason, which they got criticized for. I'm in favor of Joe Burrow not playing during the preseason, so they went overboard in protecting his health. Yep. I assume they would do the same thing last night. I know coaches don't like to wave the white flag. I know coaches don't like to admit we lost. Sorry. Well, then do a better job there's, for the first three quarters. Exactly. There, there's, there's no pride in being stubborn in the face of common sense. There's nothing to be proud of there. I am with you. What Zach Taylor did last night is unconscionable. And he's lucky they got away with it. Correct. Because had he not, ho, ho, ho. Could and, you and, imagine this, this day today? Right. Can you imagine how today would have felt if down by 26 points, Joe Burrow suffers an injury that compromises his season. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine how that would feel today? No. So what's the risk-reward? The reward is you score a touchdown. You only lose by 20. And you're now down by 19 points. Right. Right? That's the reward. The risk is your quarterback has to miss time because he got hurt. Unconscionable. Yep. You Unconscionable. If you're down 17 and you say, hey, if we get a score and an onside, who it's three knows? Scores. Three, three scores. Three scores, I'm okay. Three scores is entirely different. Four is malpractice. Couldn't the game's more. over. 13 away Especially from, when uh, you, you can't score through three quarters. Right. You just think you're going to turn it on in the fourth yeah. quarter yeah, when so, you're one-dimensional. Right, yeah. 13 minutes away from uh, 5 o'clock. He's Tony Pike. I'm Mo Egger. We still have the Bearcats to get to. We'll do that next on Tony and Mo Football Show, Twin Peaks in Westchester on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. Hey, Alexa, who's going to win it all? Getting ESPN 1530 from iHeartRadio. Eight away from uh, 5 o'clock. This is the Tony and Mo Football Show on ESPN 1530. Mo Egger and uh, Tony Pike. We are at uh, Twin Peaks in Westchester. We have uh, an hour and eight minutes to go, and we're going to jump back into the Bengals here. I don't want to restrict the uh, UC conversation to just this one segment here, but we haven't talked about him yet. I'd like to change that. Yeah. Uh, The outcome against uh, UCF was not that surprising. That didn't make the way they played any less sober. No, I don't think it was surprising because it just felt for so long that they've been flirting with it. 
Right. Play with fire long Even last year, they, they flirted with it a couple times. They were good enough to overcome that. It just felt like it finally got to be too much. And I think the frustrating part, kind of like where the Bengals are, is that, you know, you know, you see flashes of what it can be. Mm-hmm. We've seen flashes this year where UC's running game has been great. And then there's the big plays. And then you see flashes where they decide to use the tight ends. And Tyler Scott and Trey Tucker are hitting on all cylinders down the field. And Ben Bryant looks confident and comfortable. And the defense looks like this immovable wall. And then there's times where it just disappears. Yeah. And, look, I think, I think consistency from a health standpoint, Tyler Scott's missed some time. Running backs have all missed a little bit of time. Jabari Taylor wasn't in on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Add that to no, no Malik Van. That hurts things. Um, but it was to me, it was the offense's inability in the first half to stay on the field, which hurt the defense in the second half late. And on a hot day, you know, and when you're on the field a lot and you just kind of get gassed at the end of the game. I, I don't understand the Corey Kiner thing. Baffling. Luke, after the game, and said, And he doubled well, down. Doubled down today. So yeah. no, it's, it's just kind of how the game goes. Didn't say it was punitive. Didn't say he was hurt. I mean, Corey went from being the guy who, you know. Put the game the, away. On the, the 17 nothing, Yeah. Handed off to him. That's they our don't, guy. And then th- this game against UCF, he doesn't see the field. And the, the explanation to me is is baffling because I understand riding the hot hand if you have a hot hand. Right. Aside from the one Ryan Montgomery run, the running game was non-existent. I don't know how Corey doesn't see the field. I'm just so confused with the offense. Yeah. Because they have success when they throw the tight ends. They go, they, they go down the field, three throws yeah. to tight ends, they score a touchdown, including on a play to Josh Wilder. And then they don't throw to him for long periods of time. Right. And then Corey Kiner – is great in some games, and he doesn't touch it in some games. Ryan Montgomery will go games without getting a touch, and then he gets the touches. Ben Bryant is up, and then he's down, and he's up, and his pocket presence at times is just off. The and, awareness. Yeah. The, the safety. The safety was just yeah. mind-boggling to me. You've got to know where you're at and, and what's going on. And the, the play calling seems weird, especially in short yardage. Yes. And that's where play calling is magnified. Yes. So, again, I – was it disappointing to see the defense give up two leads in the fourth? Yes. But the defense is also out there a lot. Gino is in his first year as the unquestioned play caller. Mm-hmm. Do you – is this him growing into the role? I hope. What, what, I be, hope it's growing. It, and be, because, you know me, I don't, I don't harp on play calling as much as others, but toss sweeps on third down and a running game that just seems to lack imagination and then the, the the way they ignore the tight ends there's just a lot there that's sort of building and I man I like Gino a ton yep. but Saturday was the tip of the iceberg in terms of just my puzzlement with how they were calling plays he's one of the greatest ever do it at UC yeah and I think he's, he's a fine local. quarterbacks coach oh, he crushes at recruiting Re- yeah great quarterback coach but this is his first time calling plays. Boy, it looks like it. And they're struggling. So you hope it's growing pains and it gets better because, yes, this season is vital. But you're going into the Big 12 next year. Mm-hmm. And, and if you can't figure it out right now in the AAC, that offense is going to struggle next year going into to the Big 12. So the, the talent on that offense is too good for them yes. to spin its tires as and, often as they do. And my thing is they have it at every level. Yeah. They have legit NFL talent down the field with Tyler Scott and Trey Tucker. Right. They have two 
unbelievable tight ends. They've got possession receivers. They've got a good offensive line, and they've got three really good running backs that they can't figure out how to use. Yeah. That's everything you want as a coordinator. And, and you have a super athletic quarterback sitting on the sideline that I'm not saying should get 30 reps a game. Right. But if you're openly saying we can't get the running game going, who can help that? All right, hold that thought, and we'll do more of that coming up at uh, 5.30 because, to me, there's, there's a couple of different issues. There's the overall play of the team, and then there's the way they've chosen to handle the quarterback situation. Yeah, really we'll get weird. to that in, uh, in just a bit. We'll jump back to the Bengals. Let's talk about a player that you and I were just talking about off air. That's Joe Mixon coming oh. up uh, when we come back. Twin Peaks and Westchester, final hour coming up. Tony and Mo football Power show. Hour, Power hour. hour, hour What's hour, the opposite of Victory hour. Monday? Oh, man, Terrible Tuesday. Terrible Tuesday on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. You found Cincinnati's ESPN 1530. Let's go! This is the Tony and Mo football show live from Twin Peaks and Westchester. Brought to you in part by DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Encore Technologies. Visit Encore.tech on the East and Honda East Power Equipment Dealer. Nixco Plumbing. Don't go to the average Joe. Call Nixco. First State Bank. Built on belief. Life Center. Changing lives through organ and tissue donation. And by RL Carriers. Partner with a family owned LTO provider at RLC.com. This is Cincinnati's ESPN 1530, the official home of the Bengals. The final hour, the power hour of the Tony and Mo football show on ESPN 1530. We are at Twin Peaks in Westchester. No, it's not Monday. We're doing the show on Tuesday mm. because there was a game last night, and we do the show the day after the Bengals play. The Bengals allegedly played last night, although you're being fair if you wonder if they really took the field. Uh, men dressed in costumes as Bengal players. Uh, it was uh, Zach Taylor dressed up like David Shula and Joe Burrow dressed up like David Klingler. Oh. Uh, we're here till 6 o'clock. We're sure. broadcasting from uh, Twin Peaks in Westchester every Monday. Rewatching the game. Next week in the month of uh, November. We go back to Florence in uh, December. And uh, we love it out there, but we love it out here as well. So come on out and join us. Hospitality is unbelievable. The beer is ice cold. The food is terrific. I got the meatballs, which were outstanding. And you said they, they roll out the red carpet here. They really do. And uh, so come on out and hang out with us. If not today than for our show next Monday, which is going to be a two-hour show. Yeah. Because we have Kentucky basketball at 5 o'clock. That's right. Uh, But first things first, we've got a show. It's crazy, right? Here this afternoon, yeah. Basketball Monday. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, Trade deadline came and went an hour and seven minutes ago. The Bengals uh, did nothing. Hmm. Don't know if the Bengals had an opportunity to do anything, but the trade deadline came into sharper focus for most of us because of the loss of Chidobe Awuzie, an ACL yes. tear, suffered an injury last night. His 2022 season is over. If it, if it lingers into the next season. Yeah, you certainly do. Uh, and so it creates a conundrum now for Lou Anarumo. How do you, if the idea is still for the Bengals to at some point be in the conversation to win a title, how do you do that without your best DB? You've got to ask more of your front four because last night Jacoby Brissett had 3.2 seconds on average every time he dropped back to pass the ball. So, first of all, with no Cheeto, you can't let a quarterback sit back there for three seconds every time because guys just can't cover that long. you got to get after the passer. you got to get more creative. 
you know, Cheeto gave you that ultimate trump card to say, you know what, let's put them on an island this series or this half, and let's get really creative with these other ten. Or, man, you know what, Eli's just struggling keeping that guy in front of him. Let's send some safety help over to Eli, and we'll we'll put, you know, Von Bell in the middle of the field and let Cheeto sit on an island. You lose that now. And now you've got to decide, okay, do you send a safety or a nickel or a backer to help Cam Taylor Britt? Do you send him to help Trey Flowers if he's back? Do you send him to help Eli Apple? How does that look going forward? It makes it a very, very difficult ask of Lou Anarumo, but it starts with getting more production out of your front four, which means you can drop more guys into coverage. Uh, the headline of the game itself, I think, for a lot of people is going to be how the Bengals performed offensively, specifically without Jamar Chase. And one way to bolster your chances of having success in the air when you don't have your top wide receiver is oh. to run the ball more effectively. Now, this doesn't mean the Bengals should turn into a, quote, running team, right? Defenses want the Bengals to run. So, I mean, to me, why would you consistently do what the defenses want you to do? At the same time, there are opportunities. What based team on- are they? What team are they right. offensively? What do we even know at this right. point? So the running game has been something we've talked about for a while. Joe Mixon is their featured back. Last night he carried it eight times for 27 yards. Um, he came to life against Baltimore, ran the ball a little bit more effectively. He only carried it eight times against uh, New Orleans, but he still averaged uh, over five and a half yards a pop. At the same time, I've watched every snap of Joe Mixon's career. Uh, I watch him now and – in, in large part because we just we have a lot of history now of running backs mm-hmm. where we, we notice a at times a very significant and steep decline. Like it or not, his contract looms over all of this because the Bengals are going to have some very important financial decisions to make. I know the offensive blocking, offensive line blocking has been less than ideal, needless to say. Um, but I trust my eyes. And what my eyes tell me is I'm not seeing the same player that I used to. My question yeah. for you is, will I ever see him again? doesn't look like it. I hope I'm wrong. But, uh, you know, you and I before the season expected what? 1,400 total yards? Sure. His best year. We, we kept saying, well, look at what he's done with bad offensive lines. He was always like, you know, you can make something out of nothing. I, I text you during the game last night early. Before it got out of hand, it felt like he was missing holes, mm-hmm. missing cutbacks, missing opportunities. And from a decision-making standpoint, if he's not running the ball well, what's he doing really well? It's a great question. Can he pass block? No. Absolutely not. No. Can't fall on a fumble. Um, <laughs> last night, when given the opportunity to catch a pass out of the backfield in space, could he make talkie-talkie miss? No. Talkie-talkie looked like – the best middle linebacker. The Browns look like they've never night. missed a tackle in their life. Yeah. So he's not making plays in space in the running or passing game, and he can't pass block. What is he doing for you mm-hmm. other than making a lot of money? And is that the reason they keep him in the game so much? Hey, it's Mo Egger. If you're a college basketball fan, you're going to love Long Neck Sports Grill. There are three locations in Northern Kentucky, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Each one of them has 4K TVs all over the place, 
And at Long Necks, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And the menu at Long Necks is awesome, but you've got to try their wings. No matter who your team is, you'll find them at Long Necks. This college basketball season, swing by Long Neck Sports Grill. Stay late. Come often. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Is that the reason P. Ryan and Chris Evans don't get more attempts? Is because, well, you got to justify paying this guy this much money? Because if so, you're doing it backwards. Well, this if, was like if, if you're if you're this passing team that's not going to run it, and you can't have Joe in on passing downs because he's not good at pass pro, and yet he's making twelve million dollars mm-hmm. to do less. Doesn't make sense. Correct. And then you watch the other side of the ball. I thought early in the game, the Bengals' defensive line played well. They were stopping Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. But what do Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt do if nothing's there? Put their shoulder down and just say, okay, I'll take two or three yards. Mm -hmm. Mixon just wants to keep dancing. And then when there is a hole, it just feels like those other guys hit it so much faster. Mm -hmm. And their vision is just there. And it's eight, nine, ten yards. And you just haven't seen that from Joe Mixon at all this year. I feel like Samaj P. Ryan's a better option right now. I feel like now. he's more explosive when he hits the hole. Yeah, I mean. Like the, what was the game he had that he iced it away? The Jets. The Jets. Yeah. Man, he didn't need a hole. He just said, I'm going to put my head down and get four yards every carry. And it felt like he finished runs just statistically. And Joe Mixon's been a very good player for this team. But statistically, he's at uh, 3.3 yards a pop, which is nearly a yard down from his career average. His yards per touch is way, way down, 4.8. That is clearly a career low. His career average is 6.1. He hasn't been a huge factor in the receiving game. Last night he dropped a pass, which, to be fair, wasn't perfectly thrown, but it was a very catchable ball. And so I'm watching that last night, and I'm starting to to do the same thing you are, wondering what is he really, really good at? Now, they're not going to move on from Joe Mixon this year, and, you know, it's it's worth pointing out in in a game that was at least for two and a half uh, quarters close-ish, it's it's not like they're giving him the ball a lot, but – Boy, if, if you want to make things go offensively, especially against defenses who are begging you to run, you need more on the ground. He is the primary back, but I watch him and I go, okay, I'm clicking off more things that he's not great at than he is really good at, and that's a problem, especially given what we know about how running backs age, given the, the situation with his contract where he has two more years on it, given what they might want to do with that money, and more than anything, just given what they want to be offensively. If, if you're a defense against the Bengals' running game, would you coach an aggressive rush or would you just pop and, and hold? Because I would just hold. Just pop and hold. Because I feel like Mixon's going to try to dance, and the more he dances, the more you're going to be able to converge on him. Right. Whereas if you do that against P. Ryan, he's happy with four yards. So much like you and I talked about earlier, if you look at everything that happened through the lens of Joe Burrow with the inability to do anything at the deadline, with the problems this team is having – if you ask Joe Burrow, would you rather have second and eight or second and five or six consistently? What helps Joe Burrow more? No question. Okay, so Joe Mixon doesn't need to be the home run hitter. 
you have home run hitters all over this offense, but you know what? It makes it harder to hit home runs. Second and ten. Yeah. Third and eight, where this team essentially seemingly always lives. Third and long situations where you get to rely on Joe Burrow to be a magician in the pocket or a receiver to go make a special play because you can't scheme guys open and you can't protect long enough. So if you can't do those things, give me some Ajay Pirine for four yards and four yards and give me third and two all game. No question, and I'm not getting that right now. And We talk about how the Bengals are going to take teams out of these looks, two high safety looks. It's right. hitting the middle of the field, which is now more difficult without Jamar Chase, but it's also run the football effectively and make them respect the run. How is that going to happen with them running it the way he has? And look, I, I get it. The Bengals run blocking with an offensive line built on guys who are better, supposed to be better run blockers than pass blockers. That hasn't helped. Let me ask you this. We've made a big deal about the usage of shotgun. They've gone almost exclusively shotgun, right? But when you're running the football out of shotgun, it seems to me like there's not as many things that you could do than if your quarterback was under center. Is that fair? It is. It is. But, you know, the, the talking point when this offense clicked for six quarters was that they like what they're doing out of gun and it gives them the downhill option. Well, that's great if you're getting four or five yards a pump. If you're not, like last night, then it looks bad because you're limiting yourself and you're making it very easy for a defense to prepare for you. And what did the Browns possess that these other teams, no offense to these other teams, they're good up front. Mm -hmm. Let's also not, not hide the fact that the Bengals haven't played a lot of great football teams. They played a good front four last night, mm-hmm. and the front four dominated. Mm-hmm. They played Micah Parsons. Parsons dominated. Mm-hmm. They played the Steelers' defense. The Steelers dominated. Mm-hmm. So as much as we want to talk. play Brian Burns this week. Correct. As much as we want to talk about all this, you know, they've, they've feasted on some bad teams to get some wins and some bad quarterback play to get those wins with backups in the game. And the offense has sputtered in those games. So, look, I, I listened all offseason, man. It, Lyle Collins is a blocker. Wait till you see him as a run blocker. Mm-hmm. Wait till you see him opening these holes for Joe Mixon. When does that happen? Yeah. Eight games in, is, it, is that – are we still waiting on that? Or right. are we, are we going to – is that Frank Pollock? Is that Collins? Is it the run game? Is it the scheme? I, the, the, the overall team the, – the team's overall inability to run is not just on Joe. It's not just on any one player or, or position group. They can't run the ball effectively, but, but – But pause that. If you can't run it effectively normally, what do you need to add? Maybe some bells and whistles. Right. Maybe let's send a little misdirection this way. Maybe let's get us a jet. Maybe, maybe find other ways to get creative running the ball. Like last night, the, the first Nick Chubb touchdown mm-hmm. where Brissett moves out, Chubb takes Direct the wildcat, yeah. and you just run to the right and fall forward for four it yards. could not that play, I said out loud, the, that could not have looked easier. No. Why can't that be Correct. a part of this team's yep. playbook? And I mentioned it before. Bring an extra lineman in, window dress it a little bit, and next thing you know, that lineman's full speed on a defensive end. Who wins that battle? Yeah. Or the line, like. Well, I mean, you talked about the James Hudson yes, thing. Just add he, a little he something. Go, he goes in motion and destroys a key Yes. Yes. The the running game thing, the reason I focus on Joe is, is first of all, I've watched every snap of his career. Number two, we talked about his struggles last season. Number three, it's what we know about running backs. The reality is when running backs have their production start to dip, when they get to their later 20s, and I know Joe has only just turned 26 at the end of July, but still, there's a lot of wear and tear on that body. He's got a lot of NFL mileage on that body. He is in his sixth season. 
running backs, when the production starts to drop, it typically doesn't go through a severe uptick in the other direction. And but, so I can't help but wonder, specifically given the money he's going to be getting moving yeah. forward, is it going to make I, – I can get anybody on, on earth who mm-hmm. plays running back to, Look give at me, Atlanta. to give me 3.3 a carry yeah. and not make $12 million. You know, if, if it's not going to be the running back making plays by himself, then it has to be the O-line. If it's not the O-line, who's it fall on? The coordinator. The Bengals are 0 for 3. Mixon's not doing it himself. The O-line's not opening holes, and Zach Taylor can't figure out ways to scheme it. So are you just going to keep bashing your head against the wall? All right, let's or are you just going to start running the ball eight times a game? Let's talk about Zach Taylor scheming and trying to do so without Jamar Chase because I would like for that to start because Jamar's not going to play on Sunday. Yeah. What but do we? We'll do that when we come back. What do we think as well, our guy Tommy G, who does great for FC Cincinnati, but you've got to imagine Tommy G – you know, finally thoroughly got to enjoy a Browns game last night. Well, frankly, I'm happy for Tommy. Frankly, he enjoys every Browns-Bengals game. I mean, let's be honest. You're right. You're right. This is, he, is a problem. Is he in uh, Qatar yet? <laughs> is he going to be able to watch the Browns march to the postseason You know, I, I'm starting to feel like Miles Garrett is Joe Burrow's uh, Jason Pierre-Paul to me. Wow. It's just like a mental thing, right? <laughs> but the thing is that the Burrow gets knocked. He didn't play well last night by any stretch. He gets knocked for not beating the Browns. The, his first two games against Cleveland, he played well. Yeah. The team stunk. They yeah. got smoked. But Three straight first drive interceptions don't help. No. But that was a great play by Garrett last night. Sure. And then Zach said, okay, I guess we can't run RPO anymore. It is uh, 21 minutes after 5 o'clock. He's Tony Pike on Mo Egger, Tony and Mo Football Show. Twin Peaks in Westchester on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. 27 after 5 o'clock, Tony and Moe football show here at uh, Twin Peaks in Westchester. We are back here next Monday after the Bengals play Tony's beloved Carolina Panthers. Tough week for me. Having you on the sideline? Well, talking to the I'll, team probably, the I'll speak to the team probably talk, leading talk, up to the game. Talking to the team the night before? Yeah. Could you be playing quarterback for the Panthers? Possibly. P.J. Walker's been really good. Give that team credit, man. They trade McCaffrey. It looks like they're tanking. Playing hard. They beat Tampa Bay, and they frankly yep. should have won. It's, it's stupid to have celebration penalties, right? Yeah. Well, you know, what I don't get is a defense can make an interception and 30 players can run on the field and celebrate in the end zone. Mm-hmm. DJ Moore catches one of the most unbelievable passes and plays you'll see, and he can't run off the field and take his helmet off? Mm-hmm. It's the dumbest thing ever. Yep. Makes no sense. And if they win that game, they're coming to Cincinnati, you know, with, tied for first in their division. That's how crazy that division is. Yep. So – they're going to play hard, um, kind of a who's who of cast. DJ Moore's a tough play, uh, yeah. tough player. PJ Walker's playing with confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this is a different Bengals team right now with no Jamar Chase and no Cheeto. I, I just, I'll do this at home. Nine and a half point favorites. Yeah. To open. Yeah. Interim coach, third string quarterback. Mm-hmm. No Christian McCaffrey. You lose to them. Pack it up. Oh, yeah. That's rock bottom. Correct. I mean, that is, that, that is the very definition of sports rock bottom there. Mm-hmm. Forget the record, four and five and all that stuff. You lose to this team at home, what are we doing? Yeah. Th- then stop once and for all with wondering, can they join the Bills? And ch- That's just how it is. You're right. four and four. You've lost to some average at best teams already. Mm-hmm. You're at home going into a bye. You can't beat, you can't beat P.J. Walker and the remnants of that offense – with an interim coach, what right. are we doing? 
Can I let me what, ask what you? Are we, what are we doing? You know, because a lot was made today about personnel decisions and and what the Bengals chose or chose not to do. If the time came today, and all you had to go on was what you've seen to this point, is T. Higgins getting a max deal? No. I agree. No. no. Durability, and last night I thought that was the T. Higgins party, and and part of that could be Zach Taylor only giving him six targets. I, but T. That, Higgins is a is a really really good player, and I hope he's on the Bengals for a while. Mm-hmm. This was his chance to shine last night, yeah. and maybe neutered by Zach. But the Taylor, problem is, is happen. that the opportunity that he was given, he made a great play. He went up and got a ball. Mm-hmm. So is it just not getting enough chances? Is that because he finished with forty nine yards? He had forty one on that catch. He had eight yards before that. Yep, that's how bad it was. I, I just. I don't know if it's more on Zach Taylor or if it's more on the players, but if, if the decision were right now, because we always kind of group T in, right? Mm-hmm. We say, well, you got to pay Joe, you got to pay Jamar, you got to pay T. Are you paying T right now? At the moment, no. The, the kind of money that we've seen wide receivers get? Right. No. I that's, mean, that's the caveat is receivers are getting a lot of money. This is a number one wide receiver league. It's not a number two wide receiver league. Mm-hmm. Okay? J- T. Higgins is – not a number one wide receiver. I mean, Not right <laughs> now. He had a chance to be last night. He had a chance to be and last night. And he's shown the happen. ability at different times. The Super Bowl, the, the, sure. the big games he's had. Uh, look, you could, you could get a lot of money. You can make a lot of money being a number two wide receiver. But a, a, a bona fide number one guy, that offense doesn't miss a beat last night. Nope. And so this is the thing for me without Jamar. They sure Jamar. Like score more than 13. Well, I mean, this is the thing for me without Jamar Chase. There is, Jamar Chase is one of the best three or four wide receivers in this league. And if you didn't think that going into last night, you certainly believe it now. He, he should get MVP votes based mm-hmm. on what the team couldn't do without him last night. There is a major difference between. Hey, it's Mo Egger. If you're a college basketball fan, you're going to love Long Neck Sports Grill. There are three locations in northern Kentucky, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Each one of them has 4K TVs all over the place. And at Long Necks, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And the menu at Long Necks is awesome, but you've got to try their wings. No matter who your team is, you'll find them at Long Necks. This college basketball season, swing by Long Neck Sports Grill. Stay late. Come often. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. What Jamar Chase brings? and the Bengals having the ability to take advantage of it. Explosiveness, right? That's the word we always use. And what the Bengals were last night, which was completely and totally inept, that looked like the mid-'90s. That looked like the David Klingler era. That looked like 2001 Achilles Smith. That's what that offense looked like. Mm -hmm. There's middle ground how this offense with this staff and this quarterback and the other 10 starting offensive players being fully healthy how they couldn't find some middle ground is incredibly sobering and frustrating. How much of that is not being able to scheme T. Higgins, not being able to just give him enough chances, or T. Higgins not getting open himself? That's the thing. You don't really know, but I just know I feel like more times than not, 
when given an opportunity, T. Higgins makes a play. He's just not given a lot of opportunities. Mm -hmm. So if you're not going to give a guy that many opportunities, why are you going to pay him all that money Yep. when you've got other decisions to make? So I, th I think everyone just kind of always clumped T. Higgins in, right? Well, T, Jamar, Joe, you've got to pay them all. If the decision comes right now, are you paying T. Higgins, I think is an interesting one. Um, let's talk about Ben Bryant and Evan Prater. When oh. we come back, Twin oh. Peaks in Westchester. Neither getting paid right now. Tony and Mo football. Ben Bryant's getting some other guys paid. Uh, 27 away from uh, <laughs> 6 o'clock. We're here at Twin Peaks in Westchester on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. It is uh, 21 minutes away from uh, 6 o'clock. Tony and Mo football show, Twin Peaks in Westchester. Sports headlines are a service of Kelsey Chevrolet, home of lifetime powertrain protection and guaranteed credit approval from their family to yours for life. KelseyChev.com. The news involving uh, Chidobe Awuzie, not good. Torn ACL, according to a number of uh, different reports. His uh, status for the year, well, there's, there's no uh, uncertainty there, unfortunately. Uh, he is uh, going to be finished for 2022. A slew of uh, NFL trades completed today. This has been a really fun, almost baseball-esque, yeah. NBA-esque trade deadline. For most teams. Uh, among the highlights, William Jackson III, the former Bengal first-round pick, is now a Pittsburgh Steeler. Love that you led with that. Uh, Chase Claypool goes from uh, Pittsburgh to Chicago. Tight end TJ Hawkinson from Detroit to Minnesota. Love it. Uh, Jeff Wilson, running back, traded by uh, San Francisco to Miami. Calvin Ridley, who suspended for the year, dealt by Atlanta to Jacksonville. The team he bet against. The Bradley Chubb traded by the uh, Broncos to the uh, Miami Dolphins. Uh, one very awful note to pass along, our condolences to the family of Adam Zimmer. Mike Zimmer's son passed away at the age of 38, was working as a Bengals uh, offensive analyst, was apparently working remotely, and you feel awful for Mike, who lost his wife suddenly in 2009, and now his 38-year-old uh, son. Uh, college football playoff rankings, the first one of 2022, come out tonight. Luke Fickle's radio show tonight at 8 p.m. on 700 WLW. Game three of the World Series tonight in Philadelphia. Astros and Phillies tied at a game apiece, and uh, the Cyclones lost to the Fort Wayne Comets this morning. From Fort Wayne, yes, I got that now. 4-3 in a shootout mm. at the arena downtown. You know, if, if the Vikings could somehow work out a deal that even if they get the playoffs, they play the early game <laughs> and not have to do anything in prime time. Kirk Cousins could be something special with No them. doubt. A team, a team is scary. It's really balanced. I mean, in the NFC, people are understandably slobbering over the Cowboys mm -hmm. and talking up the NFC East and the 49ers splash deal with Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. That Minnesota team? Pretty good. It's not a lot of, like, glaring Hawkinson, huge weaknesses. Jefferson, Thielen, yeah. Cook, yeah. good line, solid defense. And – I like Kevin O'Connell, the coach. Taron is a uh, – he thinks I look I like Kirk Cousins a little bit. Really? Yep. Hmm. Like playing football or like – No, just, just normal Kirk the Cousins. facial resemblance? Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. Um, all right, let's talk quarterbacks. Let's talk Ben Bryant. Ben Bryant is not without arm talent. Ben right. Bryant on Saturday – made some really good throws. If you were to do a cut-up of mm -hmm. just his best throws, you'd go, man, this guy's the best player in the league. This guy can maybe play in the NFL. Unfortunately, there's not enough of them, and the ones he, we do see get offset by the stuff that you would not put in the highlight reel, which are 
bad decision-making. You talk about his awareness. Uh, missing some wide-open guys. Scout him for me. If I'm, if I'm like an NFL guy and I go, he's a senior at Cincinnati, should I bring him to camp? What are you telling me? What do you see? Uh, the completion percentage on passes down the field should be higher. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he missed, and it just goes back, obviously, to Arkansas. But after Arkansas, you thought, all right, he's just getting his timing back with these receivers. Yeah. But, again, much like the context we've talked about the Bengals today, they had the bye, they came out of the bye, it's still not there. Is it going to be there at all? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm more – I guess at this point I'm more disappointed in the stuff that happens before the throw. The reads, the pocket awareness, the presence. You can't take a safety. Just little things like that um, that I feel like he is – he's not there yet with. Because if it's a clean pocket and he can step into the throw, he's great. But when you get off balance a little bit, when you're unsure, you can see those things and how a quarterback plays. And I just don't think from a mental standpoint he is as sharp as I and I think many people thought he would be by this part of the year. I said to somebody on Sunday, I bet you he's great seven on seven. Yeah. I bet you he is, looks, completely looks the part seven on seven. Anything that involves him remotely Moving. not having a clean pocket, having yeah. to move at all, even having to go through a progression and then come back, it falls apart. And the most frustrating about it is the O-line is better. Yeah. The running game should be better. Yeah. And he's got some dudes to throw it to. Right. Like it, it shouldn't be that hard from a whole offensive standpoint. When you talk about take what a defense gives you, what can defenses take away? They can't take away everything. Yeah. I, like I'm – I know that, that they talk about the usages more than people realize. I want Josh Wiley in one game to get like 12 targets. Without question. Just, just see what happens. I want to see the college version. If you said to me Wiley and Taylor are going to get six apiece, I, I want to see them go all George Kittle, where the entire park knows he's getting it, yeah. and they still get it or to Travis him. Kelsey. Yeah. Like, yes. like Josh Wiley just became the all-time leader in touchdowns at UC for yeah. a tight end. Yeah. You're telling me you can't give him 10 targets a game? Right. He's super athletic. He can do it out of the three-point stands or do it out of the, the, the split. He can stand up. He can get down. Like, how, how just in one – just give him 10 or 12 targets just to see. Yeah. That's it. We're especially – I just want them to say, you know what, at least three times if we're third – let's say third and five or shorter. Yeah. We're going to throw to Josh Wiley and Lenny Taylor. And what does he, he has such a big catch radius that you yeah. can air a little bit more and he's still going to bring it in because he can cover more area. He's moss dudes. Yep. I mean, we've seen that. All right, so is Ben a finished product? He'd come back and play quarterback for you next year, and if so, he's going to have to improve. Do you see in that regard lost cause? Do you see a guy who has the potential to, to improve to the degree that we would all like to see, especially – for this team to win games in the Big 12 next year. I feel like there's potential, but I also feel like the consistency, which is a word that I think we use a ton in Cincinnati sports right now, yeah. is just not there. And I don't know how, at this point, you add consistency. You know who the receivers are. You know where they're going to be. You know the offense. You've been in this offense. If not now, win, which then poses the question to the future. And I look, this team still has a lot to play for this year. They can win out. They can play in the AAC title game. They can represent the group of five in a New Year's Six Bowl. Mm-hmm. You, you flip a switch from here to the rest of the season, no one's talking about that if you're playing in the Cotton Bowl. If you sputter and struggle down the stretch, 
then you have to turn and say Big 12, which is a better football conference now than what it was just two years ago. Yeah. Is Ben Bryant your quarterback in year one of the Big 12? They right now would be considered favorites in all four of their games the rest of the way. I'm not convinced that they're going to win out. Yeah. I I just – I'm more hesitant now than I've ever been. Right. And it's – it's even more unique that so many people, and first of all, on the Ben Bryant thing, that to finish that, the, the keyboard guys that tweet directly at players. Losers. Embarrassing. Losers. Losers. Yeah. If you want to talk about a coach or question play calling, that's fine. You tweet at college athletes, you're a loser. You're, you're a loser. Right, um, flat out. But here's the thing, because what, and I'm sure you hear the same thing, they got to go to Prater, they got to go to Prater, they got to right. go to Prater. Well, let's here's, talk about that. But my thought is. Yeah. While Prater would offer you something in the running game, doesn't it speak more volumes on what they feel about Prater that they don't go to him? No question. Like that's more. No question. That's more damaging to Evan right now than it is to Ben. Whenever you pick A over B, it's a statement about how you feel about A, but it's also an indictment about how you feel about B. It, it also just, it is. It tells me also that the the pregame battle, the camp battle, wasn't really a battle. Because if it was, if it came down to the last week or two, mm-hmm. and Ben was struggling. You'd probably kick the tires on some Evan stuff. But if, it, if it was that close, I'm led to believe when Ben has struggled, you would see a series. And oddly enough, on the first series, they use him and then don't go back to him. Yeah. But see, here to me is where I trust Fickle. Mm-hmm. Because if Luke Fickle, by he's not going to say it directly, but his insistence on sticking with Ben tells me he doesn't believe he can win with Evan Prater. Yeah. Okay. He's won 50 going into Saturday, 50 of his last 58 games. Why should I not believe him? Right. Why shouldn't I believe his and his coaching staff's mm-hmm. assessment of Evan Prater? And, I, I, look, I, I like Evan. I, I talked to him this summer. It would be nothing, nothing cooler than to him, for him to have a great career at the University of Cincinnati. And I'm like everybody else. I think there's instances in games where his athleticism can help you, especially when they struggle to run the ball. I do wonder if he is Evan Prater from Tennessee or Evan Prater from North Carolina. Right. Is it the same? Is it the same? And I I think that's a fair question. But, I mean, look, we're all fans. We've all watched a starting quarterback struggle. You can't help but wonder, could the other guy do better? We don't get preseason in college football, so it's not like we could watch him play in the preseason. I'm fascinated by the entire dynamic. And they have failed recently when they should blow teams out that would allow Prater to play in the second half. Including, they including last year. Right. But if Luke Fickle's assessment of Evan Prater is he's not the best option, even if Ben isn't great, I still defer to that because of his track record. Yeah, there's still, from a quarterback that was in that situation, there's, there's a certain sense to it that you don't want your quarterback looking over his shoulder every series. Mm-hmm. But... When Evan comes in, it's a different dynamic. Evan's not coming in to drop back and throw. Right. He's coming in to help the running game, which hasn't opened up at all this year. But you referenced it. They tried it early. Yeah. And I'm thinking, they cool. They didn't go back to it. Let's see this dimension all right. game long. And they. It's not, it's not threatening to Ben Bryant because it's a different package. Right. It's not like you're not doing your job, so Evan's going to come run the same offense better than you. It's let's try something a little bit different, which in turn would help Ben Bryant. Because it would open up the running game, which helps the passing game. We have to go. That's it. Back here next uh, next Monday. Done. Two-hour show next week. Two hours. We have to go. Thanks to uh, Mike Mills and Rodney Simpson for producing on site. Yes. And our guy, Taryn Bland, back in Kenwood. 
I'm at the Moorline Lager House tomorrow for Burger Wednesday. Can I give you a 10-second stat after this? Please. Joe Burrow this season has more forced missed tackles than Joe Mixon. This has been the Tony and Moe Football Show at Twin Peaks and Westchester on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. In this club with you, girl. Don't know why I came in with the diamonds on my chain. Surrounded by bad bitches, I can't get them out my face. Because I Hey, it's Mo Egger. The college basketball season is heating up, and there's no better place to watch every game than Long Neck Sports Grill. There are 4K TVs all over the place at each Long Neck's location, and at Long Neck's, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And I say this often, if you haven't tried Long Neck's Wings, what are you waiting for? No matter who your team is, you'll be able to watch them at Long Neck's. Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Long Neck Sports Grill. This college basketball season, stay late, come often.